welcome to the Life Church podcast. We are here to help people experience a life-changing relationship with Jesus. We hope you were blessed with this message, recorded live from Palmerston North, New Zealand. Enjoy. So look, let's just get straight into it. Let's, uh, first of all, I want to recap over the last three weeks. We've uh, had a great message from Jeff the first week in part one, um, which was on creation. And, and understanding and believing the Genesis account of creation is fundamental to our Christian faith. It's absolutely essential in forming that biblical view of life. It's foundational. Genesis is foundational to the rest of the Bible. Look, I would really encourage you to read the first three or four chapters of Genesis uh, over and over several times. Just don't, don't do it once. Uh, and if, if you've got a study Bible, open that up. If, if not, look, I can really recommend that you invest in a study Bible. It would be well worth it. I use the NLT, uh, NLT study Bible, New Living Translation, but there's many great translations out there, and they often have a study Bible that goes along with it. So it's a great investment. Or you could try resources online. I'm sure you can find something to help with the understanding of what you're reading. It's helped me. It's going, I'm sure it's going to help you. And you'll be blessed. Man, you'll be blessed as you read and study the Bible. So we see in Genesis God's big plan. He created the universe and chose planet Earth to create life. Praise God. He created mankind in His own image, soul and spirit with free will. A choice. We have choice. We see in Genesis that God created people to fellowship with Himself. He created Adam and Eve to talk with each day, to have that close relationship with, and to care for the environment. He intended for human beings to live forever. You can check that out in Genesis chapter 3. And after six days of creating, he must have been really busy. After six days of creating, God saw his creation was very good. And he rested on the seventh day. And then part two, Don brought us the four. Adam and Eve disobeyed God and were were banished from the presence of God. They were separated from God. Once they had been very close, now they were far away. That must have been heart-wrenching. Sin entered the world at this time and was passed on from generation to generation, even to us. And, And their bodies would now grow old and die. Just like ours, just like ours do. The ground, the ground is cursed because of Adam's sin. And we have to work hard to grow crops. Now every farmer and gardener here knows that for sure. Those weeds never seem to give up. They keep coming back. God patiently spent the next four thousand years trying to show mankind our need our need for relationship with himself and our need to repent from our sin. And then, last week, week three, redemption, great message from Zion. Through all of this, God had a master plan. God had a plan, an incredible plan, a genius plan, a plan that would stun all of heaven. The Son of God himself would come to earth be born as a baby, grow up 
and live among people showing us the true nature of God and resisting the temptations that we all face. And Jesus did that. And then in the ultimate act of love, Jesus took on the punishment of us all. He took on the burden of sin of the whole world. He was separated from God his Father. And that, because he was so close, that was so difficult. He was separated from his Father. And he sacrificed his life for us. The price has been paid. God Himself died for you and for me. God has done it. He's done it all. But if, even if that wasn't enough, He wasn't done. With all of heaven and the spiritual realm watching God raise Jesus from the dead with a resurrected body that would be the first of a multitude of resurrected bodies to come. And Jesus sent the promised Holy Spirit to live inside every believer, to empower us to live holy lives. We can't do it ourselves. We need the Holy Spirit in us to do that. Well, today, today we're going to focus on the completion of our salvation. Restoration. Restoration. God is in the business of restoration. Restoration, the fulfillment of the promise. If you are a believer in Jesus, a follower of Jesus, someone who has confessed and repented of your sin, turned your back on sin and asked God to forgive you, then you are born again. You have the promised Holy Spirit living inside you. Your spirit is made alive to God. You desire righteousness now because God's put that desire in you. You desire righteousness, not sin. You desire to live for God and obey Him. Your mind and your emotions are being transformed day by day. But your body is still the same old frame. Same old or young body. That's subject to all the temptations of the world and growing older day by, I'm sorry to say it, yes, we're growing older day by day. And one day these, this body will die. Our bodies will return to the dust of the earth. Now look, everyone over 50, or maybe over 40, well, yeah, maybe even over 30, knows what I'm talking about. This body growing older. You know, and at this age, stretching becomes very important. Some of you know what I'm talking about. I'm now at the age that I have to warm up for the warm up. Yes, Pip and I love to go for walks and so I have to stretch before I go for a walk. This is not a run, this is a walk guys. I have to stretch before I go for a walk. I have to stretch during the walk. We have to stop, yes, and take a little break, do a bit of stretching and then carry on with our walk. And yep, at the end of the walk, I have to stretch again. It's just part of life. I'm now at the stage where I have to have a plan to get up in the morning. 
That's true. I have to have a plan. None of this throwing the covers off and jumping out of bed in an instant. I have to do it slowly, smoothly. I have to allow the blood to begin to flow through my whole body and to, uh, for the blood pressure to equalize. I don't know whether that's true or not, but it feels like that <laughs> in the mornings. Actually, I'm doing, I've discovered that doing a bit of stretching on the bed before I get up does help as well. There's a theme going on here, isn't there? A bit of stretching. Maybe it's great for you. But, um, and so our bodies are weak, uh, so weak and so fragile. But there's coming a day, there's coming a day when our salvation will be complete. Our restoration will be complete. Our bodies, get this, our bodies will also experience the resurrection power of God. Not just our souls and our spirits, but our bodies as well. Whoa, I'm looking forward to that. Right, so let's get into it and let's have a look at what the Bible says about this. First of all, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20 to 23. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. Everyone who's taken that step, committed their lives to Jesus, will be given new life. But there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised as the first of the harvest, then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. All who belong to Jesus will be raised when he comes back. So Jesus, Jesus is the promise, has the, is the promise of our resurrection. He is coming back. We don't know exactly when, Jesus doesn't even know when he's coming back exactly. Only God the Father knows. You can check that out in Matthew 24. First, well, check out the whole chapter. Read the whole book. You'll be blessed. However, we'll, we'll have an understanding of the seasons and, uh, as world events unfold. And we should have an understanding of that as believers. But that's uh, for another day. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 to 18. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we, went, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died. So you, so you will not grieve like people who have no hope, because we do have hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. Okay, I can follow that. That makes sense. We tell you this directly from the Lord. This is from Jesus himself. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. These are not made up words. This is directly from the Lord Jesus himself. At the second coming of Jesus, 
Those believers who have died will come back to life. Okay, that's what it says there. Now remember, look, it's been almost 2,000 years since Jesus was resurrected. And so a lot of people have died during that time. A lot of Christians, a lot of believers have died during that time. Yeah, some have been cremated, some have been buried at sea, uh, some have buried in the ground. Uh, you know, their, their bodies could be anywhere. But no matter where our body is, no matter what condition our body is in, God in all his power will recreate our bodies. He can do it. The power of God will raise us to life again, no matter what condition our bodies are currently in. We can't understand that. It's kind of mind-blowing for us. But God has the power to do it. He created. He created this universe and the earth in it. He has the power to do it. That's why Genesis is so important. You believe Genesis, then you can believe that God has the power to do this. All right, let's look at another Bible passage. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 42 and onwards. It is the same, it is the same way with the res resurrection of the dead. Our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when we die, but they will be raised to life to live forever. Our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. They are buried in weakness, but they will be raised in strength. They are buried in natural human bodies, but they will be raised as spiritual bodies. For just as there are natural bodies, there are also spiritual bodies. What I'm saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever. But let me, let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. I love secrets. I'm going to lean in here. Let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm jumped down to verse 15, 51. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. So if you're alive at the second coming of Jesus, your body will be transformed into a resurrected body. That's what it says. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Verse 54, I think, if my eyes... Right. Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. I love this. Listen to this. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? No more. For sin, sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing, absolutely nothing, you do for the Lord is ever useless or ever wasted. Well, wow, that's a long passage, but 
a lot of great things there. The resurrected body, our resurrected bodies, will be glorified bodies, a strong body, a spiritual body. Resurrected bodies will be like the resurrected body of Jesus. Jesus is the first to come. The first fruits of the resurrections. We can't live forever in our human physical body. We need a glorified body. Because otherwise, um, sin would, you know, our bodies would have full of sin, then sin would just, that would be disastrous. That would be terrible to live in this body that's full of sin. We need a glorified body, and that's what God has promised. Now remember that uh, the passage here is talking about believers in Jesus, followers of Jesus. We have the victory over sin and death through and only through our Lord Jesus Christ. It is only through Jesus that we can come to God. It is only through Jesus that we can be born again. It is only through Jesus that we can have this new life. Don't believe any lie uh, uh, of, of, the, of Satan that says anything contrary to that. It is only through Jesus. No matter what you hear, no matter what you read, it is only through Jesus. Let's look at Revelation, one of my favorite books in the Bible. Hard to understand at times, but I'm sure these passages are fairly clear. Revelation chapter 5, verse 9 and 10. And they sang a new song with these words. You are worthy to take the scroll and break its seals and open it. Talking about Jesus. For you were slaughtered, and your blood has ransomed people for God. From every tribe and language and people and nation, from right across the world, right across this globe, uh, people have turned their hearts to God through Jesus. And you have caused them to become a kingdom of priests for our God, and they will reign on the earth. A kingdom of priests. People of God are priests, not kings, not presidents, not prime ministers, not captains or lieutenants, but primarily priests. And whatever kind of secular job you have, that's wonderful. But primarily, you are a priest of God. And priests worship. Priests offer that sacrifice of praise to God and to Jesus. Priests minister to people. Reconciling people to God. That's our role. And we can enter into that right now. We don't have to wait for that. We can have that right now. You can check that out in 1 Peter chapter 2. Read the whole chapter. You'll be blessed. Okay, Revelation chapter 20. Let's look at this. Verse 4 to 6. Then I saw thrones, and the people sitting on them have been given the authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony about Jesus and for proclaiming the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his statue, nor accepted his mark on their foreheads or their hands. They all came to life again, and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. This is the first resurrection. The rest of the dead did not come back to life until the thousand years had ended. Blessed, blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. For them the second death holds no power. For they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him a thousand years. 
a thousand years. The second death will hold no power. Jesus has saved us from the second death. If you are a believer, a follower of Jesus, you have been saved from the second death, from judgment and the second death. Let's look at one more Bible passage this morning. Revelation 21, verse 1 to 8. Let's see what God's ultimate goal is, his ultimate plan is. Verse uh, verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. And these things, all these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, Write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, It is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings. And I will be their God, and they will be my children. But cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshippers, and all lies, their fate is in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Jesus has saved us from the second death. He saved us from judgment, eternal judgment, and given us eternal life. If you believe and trust in Jesus, you have eternal life with a resurrected body when the time comes. Ever since Adam and Eve have sinned, separation from God has been mankind's problem. However, the promise of salvation is for our, is for our whole being to be transformed, soul, spirit, and body. For the past 2,000 years, the church has been God's instrument of reconciliation, reconciling the world to God. She hasn't always been great at doing that, but God is very patient. Not wanting anyone to be lost, but wanting everyone to have a chance to follow Jesus, to make that choice, to take that step. So we've seen God's plan of salvation is not finished yet. There's still more to come. Jesus is coming back for a holy body of people, a people who have made themselves ready for eternity with God. This life is is temporal, a training ground for eternity. By God's grace, we can grow to be more like Jesus. Our goals, our goals should be the goals of Jesus. Love, kindness, compassion, humility, healing, forgiveness, holiness, walking closely with God. Now, we mostly preach and teach on these things, if you think about all the sermons that you've heard. And we do that for very good reason. These are the things that matter in eternity. 
This life is a training ground. It, it doesn't matter how comfortable your house is. It doesn't matter how amazing your social media presence is or how trendy your clothes are. They will all be gone one day. Of course, we have plans for our lives and we must attend to our responsibilities uh, during this life, working, providing for our families. That's important. That's necessary. But what really matters is our walk with God, our faith, our love for God, and our love for others. Jesus said, quoting the first two commandments, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and love your neighbour as yourself. Let's make a difference. Let's make a difference here and now for eternity. I'd like to pray with you. I want to to pray with you. It's great to pray for you, but I want to pray with you. And I want want to invite you to enter into praying. Praying is not uh, saying a whole lot of fancy words. Praying is from your heart. And God knows your, your thoughts. He knows the intentions of your heart. So you just need to pour out your heart to Him. So would you stand with me this morning, please? Would you reach out to God in a fresh way with a new level of heartfelt intensity? Would you recognize your need for Jesus, your Savior? Would you recognize your need to confess and repent of sin? Would you recognize your need of Jesus in your life? For Him to be Lord of your life, for Him to be in charge, for you to recognize your need to surrender your hopes and dreams to Jesus. Who knows what is best for you? Would you take on the very nature of Jesus to love, forgive, and to show mercy, to be generous? So let's pray. And as we do, as we pray, you pray. Just close your eyes and and just begin to pour out your heart to the Lord. You You may not know Jesus yet, well then ask Him to come into your life and change you, transform you, make you a new creation from the inside out. If you're struggling with faith to believe, then ask God to give you the faith. He gives generously to everyone who asks. He's a loving Father. He wants to give good gifts to you. If you need to turn your life over to Jesus then, you can do that now. Don't delay. Today is the day of salvation. If you have a need in your life, healing for your body or someone close to you that you know, then pray. Ask the Lord for that. If you need a breakthrough over addictions, ask God for that. If you need a breakthrough in your family, ask Him. If you need a breakthrough in your own personal life, ask Him. He's so willing to come in and to dwell with you and to help you. So as we pray, let's pray in faith. Let's pray, let's, let's allow faith to rise in our hearts. Let's believe from the depths of our hearts and let's ask God. Let's ask God for miracles. Miracles for ourselves, miracles for others. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you sweep across this place today? Would you sweep across this whole congregation, 
Would you answer the heartfelt prayers of your people? It doesn't have to be fancy words, but just reach out to Him this morning. From the depths of your hearts, reach out and cry out to God. Let Him come in and, uh, and love you. Let Him come in and to show you that you belong and that God has a destiny for you. He has a purpose for your life. Lord, would you come in and make yourself real. Make yourself real to every person here this morning. Make yourself real. Would you do miracles, Lord? Would you sweep across this place and do your wonderful work, restoring relationships, restoring bodies, restoring people to yourself? Lord, would you restore them in Jesus' mighty name? Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can comment, subscribe, or share it with your friends. For more information, visit us at lifechurchpn.co.nz. Have a blessed week.